Hey guys, this is Anna. So before we get today, get on with the show today, let's hear from our sponsor. Hey guys, this is Anna, and this is the Ramblings of a Transgender Christian Podcast. So, yeah, we got uh, some stuff to talk about. So today, um, I am going to be reading and kind of um, expanding upon a very interesting article that I found from 2018 uh, from The Forge. Um, I think it's what's called the Forge News, sorry, uh, which is a socialist uh, news site for the sovereign U.S. Um, from what I can see, um, and they wrote an article. Uh, Cal wrote this article uh, called "How Capitalism Enforces Gender Binary," um, and so yeah, I felt like that this was a good topic to discuss here on this podcast. Um, so. Yeah, we're just going to dive into this article um, and see what we can learn from it. All right. No time in my life has been harder than this past year. It seemed um, it seemed as soon as things could not possibly get worse, I would be unpleasantly proven incorrect. After having an abortion, losing my mother, and being outed for being trans... Life seemed to sink deeper into the impossibility of improving it and reminded me of how life generally feels all the time. Before I moved in with my partner, I was eating only eating one meal a day and they would bring me something when they could. Eventually, I was supporting myself and my partner after they were fired and then as we were at risk of becoming homeless. The six months I took off from school to work full time taught me that just existing in capitalism was exhausting without factoring in everything else that had been going on in my life. I was exhausted and depressed from working over 60 hours a week while organizing, and I still could not buy enough food. I say this to make the point that existing in capitalism alone is nearly impossible, but having a marginalized identity complicates that existence further. I found it difficult to imagine a time that my class interests would ever shift, which led me to wonder how many marginalized people could continuously support capitalism. Okay, so yeah, um, let's just kind of stop there. There is a hell of a lot it, 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 what we have read already. Um, yes, capitalism. Like, you know, I, I have grown up, you know, in a family that is, by American terms, very poor. Um, you know, I don't want to give, like, specifics, but let's put it this way. Um, me and my dad combined... When I lived with my parents, not even, not even 50,000 a year, okay? Me and my dad combined, not even 50,000 a year. So that's how poor, let's be honest, my, I, I've grown up in this country. Um, and my dad works about, you know, even at the time, worked three jobs, he, were, he taught Chinese kids online. Um, he did food pickups for the church. And he did tutoring uh, for a Muslim family. Um, and then there was me, um, who there was at one point was working two jobs at the Salvation Army uh, for a store. And um, at the library. And not even $50,000 a week. You know, I was working 40 plus a week, hours a week, and my dad was usually working probably 60 plus as well. So, I mean, like, sorry if you're hearing all the, the honking going on outside. I don't know what the hell is going on. So if you can, so if you're hearing all of that, I am sorry. Uh, but anyway, you know, it's exhausting, you know, like. I, I have, like, found I could not even work full-time. Like, just 40 hours a week was genuinely too much on me physically and mentally, like. You know, and even my dad, like, just watching the toll is taken on my dad, like. Capitalism is brutal, like. And the worst part is, like, you have to do this just to survive. There is no social safety net. Um, and this is what you have to do if you just want to survive. Just barely get, but not, not even barely get by, like. My family was even worse today, you know, very much into red, constantly, like, spending money we don't have, you know. 
that's always been me as well. You know, like, it's just the life I've been born into, you know. But I hear, you know, these rich-ass motherfuckers, to be honest, like, uh, Dave Ramsey, you know, or libertarians, you know, go on, like, don't spend what you don't have. Well, guess what? If I don't spend what I don't have, I don't survive. And so it creates this vicious cycle of debt just to survive. And, you know, the debt piles up, which makes everything worse. And, I mean, I'm sorry, but capitalism is fucking evil, man. Like, capitalism me. Capitalism equals money to, you know, money is strictly for survival. You know, you must work however much just to survive. There is no thriving in America in, under capitalism unless you um, become part of the ruling class or bourgeoisie. Then, oh yeah, it's no, no, no problemo. But if you are a member of the proletariat, uh... Yeah, yeah, go fuck yourself. Um, to be frank, um, you will sell your soul to the bourgeoisie. You know, uh, exploit your labor. You know, they, they get to exploit your labor, and they get to profit off it and live comfortably off of your labor. While uh, you can eat uh, ramen, you can eat ramen noodles for free meals straight a day, assuming you can even do that, and you can live. You know. And you can barely uh, afford an apartment. So, you know. Uh, sucks, I guess, to be you. You know, so like, yeah, capitalism is fucking evil. It destroys people's mental uh, stability. It destroys them physically. It, it ensures you have no emotional closeness to any friends or family. It's fucking evil, man. But yeah, and... <clears throat> It really is crazy. And yeah, but then, you know, and if you're a minority, well, capitalism is even harder on you because capitalism very much is built on a status quo, upholding the status quo, you know? And so you're a minority, well, guess what? Minorities don't really do, don't really add much to capitalism, you know? So... Sex to be you, I guess, you know, just shouldn't be a minority, I guess. You know, and it's, it really is baffling just how many minorities really do uphold capitalism. Like, like not only is it, you know, the, does capitalism work, actively work against your minority identity, your minority status, but, like, it just works against you as a laborer, you know? You're a member, most likely, if you're listening to this, you are a member of the proletariat, the working class. And so, so, like, it just makes literally no sense, like, even doubly so, if you are a minority. You know, there is absolutely no reason. Like, like by supporting capitalism, you're basically like, yeah, you know, shooting myself in the foot. Uh, that's a good idea, actually. Like, are you fucking insane? But yeah, anyway, continuing on with the article. Capitalism uses the systems and institutions of oppression to attempt to control the people, with the most cause for rebellion by giving them a few crumbs to satiate their dreams of a better world, all while robbing them of our capital, health, and joy. Oof, yeah. Mm. Yeah, you know, and like especially you know, and especially minorities, you know, gives a you know gives minorities you know like, all right, fine, we'll allow you to live, fine, you know we. If you're black, we won't lynch you, you know, we won't make you use different water fountains and white people. Very happy, you, 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 you stop, you know, your uh, anti-capitalist protests now, and unfortunately, yeah, it uh, kind of worked, um, if we're being honest, you know. Um, but even, you know, in the white, you know, like white queer groups, you know, or white, you know, white queer groups, especially, you know, um, you know, all right, all right, we'll let you gay folks uh, get married. Your fag's happy now. We have stopped being an anti-capitalist. You know, all right, we'll let you trannies, you know, get on hormones, you know. And and if you sh and if you uh, keep your kicks, if you do enough Kickstarter campaigns, you can get, uh, you know, you can cut off your dicks. You're happy now. Just. We're just going to do whatever is the bare minimum 
to get us to stop protesting against capitalism. And unfortunately, the bare minimum is often enough. And uh, yeah, we minority groups in general just start stop uh, fighting against capitalism. Because, well, it's the bare minimum, you know. And let's be honest, we all desire for that, you know, nor quote-unquote normal life. And we fall under that trap too much because, let's be honest, a lot of us have built an inner transphobia, inner anti-blackness, inner anti-gayness, uh, whatever. It's just so ingrained. But yeah, anyway, uh, continuing on. Um, specifically, I focus on how capitalism reinforces cis-heteronormativity and the oppression of transgender and gender-variant people. Engels writes about how the core feature, how about a core feature of capitalism, is competition and the market, which in which includes the labor market. People compete to have their labor bought by corporations, inherently pitting workers against workers. Which is honestly, you know, uh, you know, I wasn't planning to commentate on that, but honestly, like just reading that, you know, again. Um, like, that is honestly probably the greatest innovation of capitalism, is pitting worker against worker. Because once you pit, pit the proletariat against the proletariat, there is no class solidarity. Because you see a hell of a lot of class solidarity among the bourgeoisie, the ruling elite, you know, the ruling class, you know, those who have all the power and wealth in society. There is a hell of a lot of solidarity there. But, you know, there is no solidarity between the working class. And so just by pitting worker against worker, you know, by us having to sell our labor to these corporations, you know, and not only having to sell our labor against these corporations, but having to, you know, uh, prove our worth against other uh, workers who are trying to sell their labor to these corporations, it ensures there, it helps ensure there is no class solidarity. It makes it much harder. So like, honestly, that's probably the great, you know, the greatest genius of capitalism is how it just inherently ensures that class solidarity of the working class is not impossible, but extremely hard to accomplish. But anyway, uh, moving on. Capitalism is defined a perfect worker as white, cis, straight, and able-bodied. Ooh, yeah, especially the able-bodied thing. Um... If you're disabled, good luck getting a job in this society. Uh, and also, you know, uh, good job, uh, good, 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 good luck on getting not only a job, but uh, a wage, you know, a wage that's, you know, like, did you know that, like, uh, I think it's uh, disabled people, um, that they don't even have to get paid minimum wage? Like, what's he here in America, like seven twenty-five an hour? Like, disabled people don't even have to be paid back. It's like two-something bucks an hour that they can get paid just because for disabled. And because, you know, apparently disabled people are less than human, you see, because um, that's how things work, you know. Uh, if you are different, you know, if uh, you can't work quite as, you know, can't do all the things that, you know, uh, able-bodied people can, you know, therefore your value is inherently lesser than, which means that you are less than human. Um... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's fucking evil, man. It's fucking evil. Uh, but anyway, continuing on. It is important to know that white cis heterosexual women who are able-bodied and are also considered a perfect worker while simultaneously being further exploited for their labor in two distinct ways. Judith Butler notes that women who fulfill these roles provide two types of uncompensated uncomp labor vital domestic labor and sexual reproductive labor, which is itself further exploited by the healthcare system. For a household to function, someone must do the domestic labor. It becomes a woman's prerogative to find the best husband possible for economic security and to market for usefulness accordingly, just like any other labor market. Sylvia Federici reports that women are told that biological essentialists lie that they are physically and characteristically created for housework and it is non-compensatory because it is a part of her nature. They cannot escape from it. Um, she is also expected to make a product, more workers. By producing more laborers, this makes the future labor market more competitive and gives more opportunities to for the owning class to trade down wages. 
workers who work and act in competition with each other are easily manipulated and obedient to the bosses. They are told they are lucky to have been chosen to be exploited and this replenishes the workforce. So yeah, I mean, capitalism is not only anti-minority, but it is anti-female, inherently. Because capitalism ensures that women have, you know, not only get exploited in the workplace, but they also get exploited at home. Because, well, they don't get compensated for anything they do at home, because uh, women are often the glue that keeps everything going at home. They raise the children, they do the housework, they do the clean, you know, they make the meals, you know, they do all the, you know, uh, they go out, do the grocery shop for all the groceries, you know, they oftentimes do the taxes and the bills, you know, um, you know, for the ones who are expected to stay up late, you know, to wake up when the baby is crying, you know, um, at night, you know, needs for diaper change, the demand, you know, gets to stay in bed and do nothing, uh, to sleep because, you know, he's, uh, because by, uh, by the virtue of being born of a dick, he doesn't have to, uh, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't have to do any of that and is just expected to, you know, exploit his labor, uh, be exploited to, you know, be the sole, uh, you know, or at least be the main provider for the family, you know. He doesn't have to do anything else. But the woman, with, by virtue of just being born with a vagina, which, you know, is associated with being weak and, uh, lesser than, you know, it's a, you know, it's the definition of being, you know, uh, being viewed as being submissive. Uh, you, you, you must, uh, exploit yourself even further because, well, you're born of a vagina and that means you are inherently submissive and therefore, you know, you, you were inherently created for further exploitation and just being a submissive little bitch who, uh, just you know, does everything at home and also gets another job. Because, well, so you are, you know? Didn't want to be that way. Shouldn't have been bored of a vagina. Sorry. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's exactly how it goes. Alright, continuing on with this article. Capitalism exists in binaries. Workers and bosses. Poor and rich. Man and woman. Um, capitalism portrays the world as is. <coughs> Sorry, my throat is getting uh, dry. Just a second, I need to uh, drink a little water here. <coughs> Sorry about that. <coughs> anyway, uh, capitalism portrays the world as a zero-sum game. It creates a system that manipulates workers into believing it. The richer your poorer get neighbor gets, the poorer you will get. Meanwhile, they never look at where the most of the capital is stockpiled. Capitalism depends upon extracting this unpaid labor while also exploiting the labor market to pay them the lowest wage, the lowest wage effectively ex also extracting unpaid labor from them. However, they also believe the lie that they are getting paid, they are being that because they are getting paid, they are being traded fairly. It's just how the world works. You know, you can see this perfectly right now in, um, you know, the minimum wage debate here in America. You know, the workers are demanding a $15 minimum wage. But we are being told, you know, and first off, you're being fed the lie that corporations can't afford it, which is complete and utter bullshit. And many of these corporations even admit it to admit it, you know, that publicly, yeah, this is fucking bullshit. Um, but, you know, even further than that, um... You know, uh, uh, um, you know, like, they're being told, you know, well, your labor isn't worth it. You know, look at the workers at McDonald's, you see. Um, their labor isn't worth $15, otherwise, you know, wouldn't they already be paying that? Besides, it's a starting job. You don't need to be paid a minimum, you know, you don't need to be paid a living wage, which is what $15 is, you know. $15 is a bare minimum needed for a, min for a living wage. Bare minimum. You know, and if you work at McDonald's or Walmart, well, you don't, you clearly don't need that because it's a starting job, you see. Which is complete fucking bullshit, because, let's be honest, ever since even these corporations have started, who was working at them mostly? Were they teenagers? You're telling me that teenagers were skipping out of high school to work at them during the mornings and afternoons? 
Like, who's been working at these? Okay, let's pretend that, you know, that these jobs are, you know, let's pretend that, you know, this is, these are like starting jobs for high schoolers. Well, who's working at them during school hours? Like, are you telling me, you know, it's just teenagers who are skipping out of high school? Really? Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. And also, okay, let's take this on work for, uh, face value. But these are supposed to be, you know, starting jobs, you know? Uh, but guess what? They're not. And they haven't been for a very long time. So it doesn't matter whether it's supposed to be something or not. You have to look at whether it is or not. And guess what? It's not. It is people's actual careers. So why don't we stop talking about whether it's supposed to be or not and actually start treating it as what it is, which is people's actual careers. Just saying. Um, let's see. All right. Uh, continuing on the article. In a class this semester, I was told by my professor that I could include complicated modern definitions of gender if I had to. <clears throat> but yeah, he and the rest of the class would be using only male and female because that's all that is really needed. Ah, yes. Uh... Uh, Two-spirited, uh, you know, Native Americans. Um, uh, I think they have something to say. Or uh, Hijra and Pakistan, you know, I think they might have something to say about that. Um, the next time I had this class, I sat as the entirety of, room in the, entirety of the room chanted, repeating after him. Gender is a, is a dichotomous variable because there are only two options, male and female. This continued for the rest of the semester to the trans-misogynistic comments, refusal to provide the same feedback and guidance as he did with the rest of the class, and not a person said a word about it. Not only are these comments transphobic, they are inherently racist, erasing the history of non-white cultures that had gender variance that was accepted and celebrated. Yeah, exactly. All throughout the world, all throughout history, there have been gender-variant people, especially in non-white cultures, you know, even here in America. Oh, but I forgot, you know, for not, you know, for not, you know, for, 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 who cares about them? They don't exist. Native Americans, you know, when it comes to, you know, two-spirited Native Americans, the only, the, only, the only problem is that we didn't wipe them all out. That's the only real issue here. It's not that two-spirit is a thing. It's not. The real issue is that, you know, well, we didn't finish the job, you see. And the reservations... You know, clearly isn't, you know, it's just, you know, hasn't done enough, you know, hasn't gone far enough, you see. That's clearly the problem, you know. And don't worry, you know, groups like the Hijra in Pakistan, they'll be taken care of once we start a war in there, you know. We'll, we'll ensure that we wipe them out, you see. You know, we got wars going on in Afghanistan, Iran, um, not Iran, um, <clears throat> Afghanistan, got proxy Syria and Yemen, no worries, it's just about time before we get to Pakistan and, you know, wipe out the minorities there. Don't worry about that, you know. So, so we don't have to worry about that, you see. That's all we, obviously, that's all we have to do. Um, but yeah, obviously. Um, and yes, just, just in case nobody can pick up on that, I'm, that's not my opinion. I am very much sarcastically portraying the role of... People like this professor, let's be honest. Um, I do not believe in any of those things I just said. Those were very satirical. Um, and unfortunately, probably not that satirical, if we're being completely honest. But I just want to make that clear, just in case somebody was actually thinking about That's my serious opinion. No, no it's not. Anyway, um, continuing on. Um, while I cannot speak personally to the history and effects of colonization on gender variant and sexually diverse people. There are many people that live this and write about it. One author I've read recently is Dr. Oh God, how do you pronounce this? Ima. I have no idea how to pronounce it. I'm sorry. In her piece that analyzes the works of Zaniel Moholy and the experiences of transmasculine and sexually diverse black people in South Africa. It is important for trans folks to remember their history, but trans people have always existed across the world, and to celebrate the multitudes of examples of gender-variant people living openly in societies that embrace them. 
coming out in capitalism as an ordeal that is in the best of circumstances uncomfortable and worse deadly. Not only because capitalism is violent and breeds violent people, but because the weight of not fitting into the mold of the perfect worker can break anyone, especially if it evokes system targets for, for deviance. Capitalism carries a full dilemma between the perfect acceptable worker and the deviant. At one end of the binary, there is the perfect worker. Labor of capitalism in that society is deemed susceptible, commonly white, cis, straight, able-bodied, on the other end are all the people that do not fit into that box and subvert capitalism and its goals to uphold white supremacy and cis heteronormativity. Um, let's see. So, yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. If you were not, you know, a part of the majority, you know, those who are deemed acceptable, a.k.a. those that, you know, produce the most value for capitalism, um, not only are you a threat to capitalism, but because capitalism is the culture... Uh, they are easily able to portray queer people, black people, disabled people as threats to society. Because you see, what the bourgeoisie and the ruling class has so successfully done is they have intertwined capitalism with civilization, with culture, with the West. You see, they are completely intertwined you cannot separate them for each other so when you know the bourgeoisie you know or the ruling class you know when they talk about how you know queer people or black people are destroy you know or uh or destroying our society or destroying our culture what they don't actually what they mean is capitalism they are destroying capitalism um and uh um you know, and that's what, you know, that's what they mean, because, you know, we do not provide the most value towards the capitalist system. And so what they do is, um, you know, uh, so, so therefore they must, you know, and so when they talk about that, you know, what they're saying is we must try to force queer people into this box. We must, you know, rid of the black person uh, because, well, you know, their very existence is make capitalism more difficult, you know? And so, therefore, we must frame them as dangerous to society because, well, capitalism is society. It is culture. Um, so we must rile up the, pro the, the proletariat who are the perfect worker and those who we can trick into uh, fighting for the perfect worker into fighting against these people. So understand that's what's going on. Moving on. This is not to say uh, to say that everyone who does not fit the perfect worker does not side with that end of the binary. Because in a psychological and social payment they receive from society for their obedience to the rules. Unfortunately, many white people and cis straight and or able-bodied people that break the conventions of capitalism find a way to sell their solidarity and consciousness for privilege and power. We see this all the time. Look at Blair White and Caitlyn Jenner for rich as fuck. And what have they done? They have decided to sell out their trans identities and the rest of the trans community uh, strictly for their own power and wealth. Because, well, they are rich. And once you're rich, your whole identity becomes rich because that's what behooves you in this capitalist society. Um, and so, therefore, uh, Caitlyn Jenner and Blair White are more than willing to sell out over the rest of the trans community for their own gain. All right, moving on. Judith Butler describes how sexual reproduction is not just a labor market used against women, but the justification for the oppression of LGBTQ plus people as well. Capitalism views sexual reproduction as a different kind of labor market, where one year the worker puts in labor to produce more workers and thus future labor. Uh, capitalism depends on its binary on upholding the perfect worker so that workers will continue to produce more laborers, create more competition, dry down work wages, and turn more profit to hoard. Um, thus, capitalism depends on a man and woman being defined in a biological essentialist sense and assigning roles as inherent to biology. It necessitates that sex is seen as a means of reproduction and that there must be a man and woman as defined previously. Capitalism protects this narrow normativity because it relies on the ever-increasing production of new workers to increase profits. 
when queer couples exist, they subvert that process and do often do not produce new workers. All right, I'm going to comment on that in a minute, but I'm sorry. I'm going to need to uh, pause, uh, pa 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 pause production of this episode because holy shit, I am so fucking hungry that like, like I cannot think of anything else. So. Um, yeah, I'm going to actually take a break from, uh, recording this and then I will be back, so. So sorry guys, but I gotta eat. Alright guys, I'm back. I am so sorry. I know that was completely unprofessional. <clears throat> but, I'm sorry, I was just too damn hungry. <laughs> I had to eat something to hold, eat a snack to hold me over for dinner because, oh my god, I'm sorry. Like, I literally just could not stop thinking about food, so. That's been taken care of, so let's, uh. Get the rest of this article done. Okay, so yes, yeah, so, uh, let's see, where were we? Uh... Okay, so like, and I, so I think the last paragraph uh, was definitely very interesting. Because so, if you actually, so, let, so let's talk about, let, let's put this in a more religious realm. So what is a co very common refrain among Christian conservatives today? That vagina means woman. Dick means man, um, and you know, you are that. If you were born with a penis, you will forever be a man. If you were born with a vagina, you will forever be a woman. You cannot change. There's no such thing as identifying as the opposite sex or whatever, you know. It's mental illness, <clears throat> you know. And, you know, and there is a lot who do argue that sex is merely for reproduction. And many of them do say, argue that this is why gay sex is unacceptable and sinful. Because, well, gay people don't reproduce. Uh, we're doing it for pleasure. And, because, and, you know, there is nothing more selfish or self-serving or, you know, than just having sex for the hell of it. And especially, and the peak of that is gay sex. You know, this is a very standard Christian conservative argument. But understand, these were not the views of the church historically. Uh, I'm not saying there were no church uh, f figures who believed this stuff. There, there were some for a time. But when you read the majority of church teachings, they, this was not a standard belief, you know, such as that uh, sex was strictly for reproduction, or that even gay sex is sinful, um, or that gender is one and the same. Because, I mean, there were literally transgender monks back in the 500s. Like, I'm not even joking about that. I don't remember any of the names off the top of my head. Uh, I, if I can remember to look them up. I will put the link, I will put links to articles about them in the show notes, which of course, you know, if you've been listening to podcasts long enough, you know, that means I will not, but I will try. Um, but no, there's like, there were literal transgender Catholic monks, you know, um, you know, the, like the church has the, the, the you know, the, the church changing its, uh, its rhetoric to, you know, Penis equals man, no changing that. Vagina equals woman, no changing that. And gay sex is evil is very much pretty much coincided with capitalism when the church became, um, went all in on capitalism and became um, arguably capitalism's greatest enforcing uh, uh, institution. Because um, these are very much capitalist arguments. These are not inherently religious or uh, Christian arguments, despite the fact that I know that it's mostly Christian conservatives these days who make these arguments. M understand, it's because the church is quite arguably the greatest uh, propaganda arm of capitalism, of ca you know, and they are the enforcers of doing this because the church is very much, you know, worships capitalism. But these are, there's nothing inherently, you know, so like I know that many do view um, these as religious arguments, but understand, no, like these being used as religious arguments is pretty new. Um, these are capitalist arguments that the church adopted 
because, well, it wanted to reinforce capitalism. Um, and they still use them today. Uh, continuing on. Um, let's see. According to biological... <clears throat> biological essentialists, gender is the same as sex. Thus, when discussing gay couples, many automatically assume they will share the same type of genitalia. Uh, also, also assuming that gay couples cannot procreate. Butler focuses almost solely on gay couples in this context. However, even with this narrow definition and understanding of queer relationships, in recent years it has become impossible for most couples to produce new workers through a variety of means, like surrogates. In the case of trans people, HRT often renders people infertile, but there are ways to save those products needed to reproduce for later. There are even cases of trans women having successful transplants to carry for children and give birth. Okay, I, I forgot that she put this in here. I don't know what the hell she's talking about, to be honest. I've never heard of this happening. Um, if it has happened, please let me know. But I have never seen a single a case of a trans woman giving birth. Um, so I don't know what the hell she's talking about, to be honest. I have never heard of this. I have never seen any evidence of this. This is something I have looked up in the past. Um, strictly for my own benefit, because... To be quite frank, I am someone who wishes I could get pregnant and give birth to my own child. Um, I have never seen this happen, so I don't know what the hell she's talking about. But hey, if you know what she's talking about, like, if this has happened, please send me a link. Like, for the love of God, please send me a link uh, of this happening. But I have never seen this happen, so I just want to put in this disclaimer. Um, I do believe that this is a fake news right here, so uh, I just wanted to... Say that right out of the way, especially just in case anybody got a little too excited. Um, I don't. I have never seen any evidence of this being a thing. Um, anyway, continuing on. <clears throat> With the beauty of these processes, there is one that is unnerving. LGBTQ plus people have all found ways to produce new workers. While it's not correct to assume that queer couples cannot procreate, um, or that is inherently radical to not, it is one of the reasons that capitalism feared this community, even for those who chose to adopt. This increase in, the new, in use of new procreative methods supports the rhetoric that many marginalized people have used to assure the system that they are just like everyone else, but with small caveats. When fighting for marriage equality, the message quickly became, We are just like you. Love is love. No one chooses to be gay, so why can't we be happy too? This is, not this is dangerous not just to the people, but for liberation. There are many people that celebrate the fact that queer relationships are truly nothing like heterosexual ones, that choose to celebrate our liberatory uh, history and struggles instead of our minimal acceptance into a capitalist society. Many people have no interest in fulfilling the roles that capitalism dictates to us all and are actively working to subvert the system in order to gain true freedom. Like Bell Hooks teaches... No one can make a truly free decision until all oppressive systems have been destroyed. For any system can made cannot be so sorry. For any decision ca made cannot be full, granted full agency because no person is full agency of a person while living in an oppressive society. As the LGBT community, plus community at large seeks assimilation into this capitalist racist society, Sylvia Rivera reminds us of the danger of trying to appease our oppressors by attempting to model them. She gave a speech to lesbian and gay community services in New York and reminded them how they sold out transgender people to make backdoor deals with politicians just to have her bills still take 17 years to pass. She told them how infuriating it was being on the front lines for gay liberation just to have that gay community sell out and promise to be reasonable, normal, read as straight as possible without being straight, and drop all trans issues in exchange for a right to marry. They promised to play into the same love rhetoric. They bent over backwards and cast her siblings aside to prove that they were really just the same as everyone else. They just wore rainbows a little more often. I mean, yeah, this is completely true. I mean, for, first off, obviously, uh, gay and lesbian people would not have any, would not have a rights if it wasn't for the trans community. The trans community has always been there on the front lines, uh, sacrificing our asses to ensure that gay marriage was a thing. And then as soon as, 
you know, gave me your shakame and things like, all right, so uh, we busted our asses uh, so you could have your rights. So when are you going to, you know, come out and support us for our rights? And the uh, gay and lesbian community are like, eh, eh, we are our rights. Fuck you. So, sorry that you're stupid enough to come out and bust for us, but you, yeah, you know, fuck you, fuck your rights, and you know what, in many cases, we hope I, and let's be honest, a lot of them are like, yeah, like, you know, we're going to actively work against you having rights, because guess what, uh, you being a part of this community actively uh, works against uh, us being assimilated into the capitalist community, uh, society, you see, because uh, if we had this trans dead weight, connected to us, uh, we can't fully assimilate into the capitalist society, because you see, you are just a little too different, and what we're trying to do is, uh, be just like the, you know, the perfect worker, you know, we're trying to become a part of that, you know, because capitalism good, you see, and, um, you're just a little too different, you see, you're kind of a little too radical, so, uh, please hurry up and die. Because um, let's be honest, that's what it is, you know. Many in the LGBT community, if you were, if you were just, if you weren't just see, seeking acceptance, you know, that is acceptance of for rights. So if they were seeking was to be just like, um, you know, the perfect worker, the the white cis hat male, you know, or woman, um, you know, and because. Trans people are part of the community. Well, now they've got to throw the... As you can see, there is a concerted effort to throw trans people under the bus and kick us out of the community because, well, we throw a, a wrench into that. Uh, into many gay and lesbian desires to assimilate into the capitalist society. Be seen as worthy workers for the workforce. Um... Well, and we trans people throw a wrench into that. And because we, you know, get in the way of that assimilation, well, therefore we must be taken care of, you see. Because um, all that really matters in the end is assimilation into the capitalist workforce. Not, not tearing down the oppressive capitalism. No, 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 no. Uh, capitalism is fine. We should keep that. It's... Uh, we, we should just get rid of anything that keeps us from assimilating into that and be seen as um, worthy workers in, the, in capitalism. So, anyway, uh, moving on. Um, SELGBTQ plus community... Oh, never mind. Continuing on. Um, oh, yeah, and one other thing. Sorry, one other thing. I'm not done yet. I am not done yet. No, 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 no. Uh... But yeah, you know, like, people, trying to be normal is never going to work. You know, uh, at the end of the day, they hate your guts. Bigots hate your guts. They, they don't care, you know, how normal, how, you know, how much you appeal to their sensibilities. Here's the thing. Uh, if you appeal to the oppressor's morality, you will never get rights. The thing is, the oppressor wants you to, wants you to be just like them. You appealing to them and trying to be just like them, well, it's never going to work because you're never going to be just like them. And they know it. And so, congratulations, uh, you're a little bit more like them, but you're still not, and therefore we're still going to hate you. It's better to just say, hey, fuck you, we're going to be just ourselves and you're going to get over it. Or, you know, well, bye. Uh, you know, like, there's no point in it. Just be yourself, tell them to go fuck themselves, if I don't like it, and, you know, we're going to be gay, we're going to be trans, and we're going to be, you know, how we're going to, you know, we're going to be as gay and trans as possible, and we're going to tear down capitalism, and guess what? You're going to like it. That should be our message to the majority, is we're going to tear down capitalism, we're going to tear down the gender binary, we're going to tear down cis heteronormativity, we're going to tear down white supremacy, and guess what? You're going to like it. If you don't like it, well, too bad. You, you... You know, you, you can leave society if you like, if you don't like it, so. It's so, what, uh, appealing to the oppressor is never going to work. Sorry. You can't appeal to the oppressor. What you do is, guess what, you're going to accept us. We're going to force ourselves into your spaces. We're going to force ourselves into, you know, force, you know, we're going to force through laws, giving us rights, you know. 
we're gonna force ourselves onto you. And guess what? You're, you're not gonna do it. You're not gonna. You're gonna accept it. And you know, well, too bad. We're gonna just force ourselves even harder onto it. So that's how it works. Anyway, moving on for real. Reading her speech, I felt felt such a deep connection to her anger. It was the same anger I felt as gay people chant in class that non-binary people were not real and that trans people as a whole are unnecessary, wrong, and inconvenient. How easy it is for our communities to forget how many trans people are on the front lines for every struggle for liberation. Trans people gave LGB people every right they have today. In return, they turned our riots into parades and told our issues were secondary and that they would get, a, get to us after marriage equality. <laughs> yeah. How's that one working out? Yeah, all those gay people helping us out now, um, especially right now with all the anti-LG, all the anti-trans laws, all those gays and lesbians, um, you know, helping us out, you know. Um, yeah, I see all of them just out there protesting for us. And also, like, just the fucking corporatization of pride, like, holy shit, like, these just gentle little parades, oh, yay, look how far we've come. Letting cops come into the protests and, you know, the parades and everything. It's, it's fucking bullshit, man. It's fucking bullshit, you know? Here's what gay pride should be. Making make it a scene. Rioting, baby. Riots are good, actually. Like, here's a here's a hard truth for you. Uh, you know, like, and, I, and I fully stand by that, you know? And, like, all these fucking cops, like, oh, yeah, we should, you know, should, we should be at Pride. Like, no, no, you shouldn't be. You chose wrong. Sorry. You decided to be a part of the oppressing class. You decided to be a part of the, uh, of the enforcer of the will of the bourgeoisie and the ruling class. No, 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 you chose wrong. If you wanted to celebrate Pride, guess what? Uh, you shouldn't have been a cop. It's really that simple. And, you know, but, you know what? Here's the thing. Um... I think that we can make a compromise. I think I think there is a compromise to be had. But I think it's perfectly acceptable and um, is very much in the spirit of pride. You can be a cop and come to pride if we can uh, flip your car, if we can uh, throw bricks at you and set your car on fire. If we can do that, then cool. If not, then fuck off. I mean, that is a perfectly acceptable, uh, acceptable compromise in the spirit of community, you know? I mean, saying that's what Stonewall was and aren't these, you know, gay pride events supposed to be in the spirit of Stonewall seems like to me how we kind of lost that spirit. So, you know, um, you see, queer rights did not end with a gay marriage. Um, gay rights do not end the search for gay gay rights does not end until capitalism is abolished. There's some hard truth for you. Um, we, there will be no, you know, uh, women's rights will never be complete. Non-binary rights, trans, gay, lesbian, black rights, uh, you know, black liberation, you know, the liberation of all these groups will never be complete until capitalism is abolished. And we are living in a anarcho-communist society. It's never going to happen until that happens. So, yay! Gay marriage legalized! Woo! But you're still oppressed. So, maybe time to kind of give it out on the lines and refine the revolutionary spirit we once had, uh, which included uh, literal riots, you know, um, telling the bourgeoisie uh, will enforce or, you know, what we think of them. Just saying. Continuing on. However, uh, so just talking about gay people who completely abandoned the trans community the moment they got gay marriage, you know, um, which was fucking predictable. Um, because, well, unfortunately, we're uh, fucking traitors to the community. Um, let's be honest. Um, fucking scum. Uh, however, they are nowhere to be seen when my siblings, primary trans women of color, were dying in the streets. Rivera chastises her audience because she helped turn out droves of people to fight for gay liberation, but could not get a fraction of those people to show up when it was time to talk about trans issues. It is much the same of today. 
or trans days of remembrance turn out small groups of mostly trans people, but pride, ama pride parades mass peoples into ten of thousands in many cities. <clears throat> no identity will ever make anyone an automatic radical leftist. Anyone can sell her solidarity for social status. Blair White and Caitlyn Jenner, Candace Owens, um, Bryson Gray, let's be honest, you know, I could probably go on um, if I were to think about it more. Uh, uh, anyone can sell for solidarity for social status, seen often with the concept of respectability politics. Um, oh my god, I fucking hate respectability politics. Okay, respectability politics gets you nowhere. Do you know what gets you somewhere? Going into a school with a fucking gun saying, Hey, guess what? These black kids, we're going to be in this school whether you like it or not. You don't like it? Well, too bad. Eat lead. But you see, that's how black people got got integrated into society. Uh, National Guard came in with guns and told white people, uh, We're going to drink from the same water fountains as you, and you're going to accept it. Because you see, we have guns. That That's how this works here. Um, you know? Like, that's how it works. Respectability politics saying, oh, please, you know, we'll be nice. No, you know, what you do, it, it doesn't get you anywhere. Um, you go in there, you know, Stonewall, there's a reason why Stonewall is so effective. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, do, do, do you really think black people would have gotten integrated into schools if National Guard didn't come in there with fucking guns? Think about this, people. Respectability politics gets you nowhere. Um, you know, you know, in not, you know, holy mac. No, you say how it is. These people are fucking scum of the earth. You know, they're fucking oppressive. Fuck them. Fuck capitalism. Um, fuck how everything is. You know, you're fucking racist. You're fucking transphobe. And uh, guess what? We're gonna get rights, and if it requires, you know, the barrel of a gun being pointed at you, well, too bad. That's how it's always worked. I don't understand how people don't understand this. Jim Crow never would have ended if National Guard hadn't shown up with fucking guns. Like, I'm sorry, people. You know? Um, now, personally, I would prefer a society where it doesn't require the National Guard because, well, the National Guard is kind of an enforcer of um, the will of the bourgeoisie and the elite, but, you know, that's how things happen. Come in with a gun and say, guess what? This is Bay of Rights now. If you want it, you can fight up against it. But guess what? If you do, you're going to regret it. Like, that's how rights have always won. But, you know, rights do not come by, you know, being polite and, you know, and the majority being like, oh, well, if we're so polite about it, we're going to give them rights. It's never happened. Slavery didn't end because, you know, black people... And abolitionists were like, black people are human, actually, you know. Um, so if you would just, you know, you know, black people are human and uh, shouldn't be slavery. So would you just, you know, would all you slave owners just give up all your slaves, please? Like, that's not how slavery ended. It ended because we shed hundreds of thousands of lives. Like, I want to make that clear. I don't want to... like, I hate that that happened. Like, I do not want a civil, never civil war... For, you know, to end capitalism, you know, like, I don't want that to happen to ensure that LGBT people are equal, that women are equal. Like, I don't want blood. But we have to be honest that rights are not won by being polite, by being respectable, by appearing normal. They come with guns. Because guess what? The people who hold the rights and don't want to give up all the rights... Uh, we're not gonna give up for rights because you asked them nicely. No, you literally have to pry it from them. You literally have to come in and tell them, guess what? You literally have to force them to give up for rights. You literally, you know, for, for, I mean, not for rights, but for status in society saying, guess what? You don't get that anymore. It was ill-gotten. We're coming and taking that. It's how it's always worked. Find me a single civil rights struggle, you know, a single struggle for rights, Period. That didn't end with, you know, then coming in and saying, guess what? We out-arm you, you know? Um, you know, or we, we, we won, you know, in this war. You know, you're going to give it to us. 
It's never happened without it, people. Hate to break it to ya. Um, continuing on. This is the, let's see. Seen often with the concept of respectability politics, the system will 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 overlook that flaw or two so as long as you are in every other way the perfect worker, upholding the capitalist system and its goals. Um, just in, like in Marxist-Leninist theory about super profits, those that receive a higher share of the profits, regardless if it is an actual livable portion, will believe their class interests align with the bourgeoisie, the ruling class. Uh, using the concept of the perfect worker, it can be concluded that anyone, regardless of identity or class status, may become an agent of capitalism by upholding whiteness, heteronormative, and ableist systems. The fur this furthers uh, the alienation of a group of workers, not just from their labor, but from also from other workers. Um, it is not any marginalized identity that makes them radical, but the connection between the personal struggle and the need for liberation of capitalism and all those oppressive systems that make it radical. Yeah, I mean, you look at this back in, the, you know, like, the old days, you know, uh, when the, um, back, you know, in the 1900s, you know, um, when labor, when, when uh, union worker, when people were trying to create unions, you know, they tried to keep out black people. White workers were racist and they tried to keep black people out of her labor movements. And guess what? It went nowhere. What a shock. <laughs> they, they, they couldn't win because, you know, they're still upholding oppression. Guess what? If you all uphold oppression, guess what? Oppression is going to be, you know, uh, if you decide to leave out a group of, of oppressed people from your, your, your movement against oppression, guess what? You're just upholding oppression. You ain't going to go anywhere. Um, just like those, you know, fucking racist white labor movement workers um, back in the 1900s who... Thought, yeah, you know, we can create a strong labor union, labor movement, and keep out black people. Yeah, that could totally work. And guess what? It went nowhere. It literally went nowhere until, you know, uh, black people were able to join those movements. You know, it doesn't, you know, you leave out a marginalized group, you're just upholding oppression. It, that's how it works. You can't just fight against one oppressive system. You have to fight against them all to win. Otherwise, oppression is still around. Oppression is still going to win. Continuing on. It is important to note that on the left, trans, issue, trans people are often alienated from radical spaces. We are a group that is treated as though they can be taken or left, because on some level they know our lives depend on winning to fight. They can treat us terribly and we will still be fighting. Uh, they exploit a relentless labor for freedom, just like the capitalist system we are trying to tear down. But it's not unique to the LGBTQ plus community. Many groups experience their struggles being forgotten as while they are mined for their labor. Native people are often publicly chastised for stating that the left should focus on indigenous liberation. Um, these people claim to believe that the worker is the vanguard of the revolution, and that freeing the labor worker from his chains should be the focus of the left, and indigenous struggles will be addressed later. Ah, yes, because you see, um, indigenous people are not laborers, you see, and that's how this works. Uh, uh, but if, if you just, you know, ignore the indigenous worker and just, you know, focus on all the other workers, uh, that's freeing the working class by leaving behind members, by leaving behind certain members of the working class, you are fighting for to free the working class. You, you see, big brain here. Uh, that's how it totally works, you know? Um, yeah. Fucking crazy, man. All right, final art, final, final paragraph. Here we go, people. Light at the end of the tunnel. Whoop, whoop. All right. Black left feminists throughout the history have, have debunked this as white supremacist rhetoric. Claudia Jones explored the super-exploitation of the black woman worker, making the argument that black women are the actual vanguard of the revolution. Yeah, let, uh, let's be honest. Yes. Yeah. Can't find an argument against that. Because, um, well, it's pretty fucking correct. Uh, continue on. The core idea is that one cannot uphold whiteness as revolutionary, and that putting the struggles of the most marginalized first will necessarily address the struggles of all other workers. 
Remembering the definition of the perfect worker, this means that leftists cannot afford to relegate certain struggles to secondary. The left must look at all strategies that capitalism uses to protect capital and the system itself and work to dismantle it all. Else we all fall prey to becoming agents of capitalism. Only then we will, will we truly be free. Anyway, um, honestly, that's really all I feel like it, it needs to be said. Um, yeah, um, I mean, plus this podcast's been going on long enough. I think you kind of got the point. So, yeah, um, thank you for listening, everyone. I hope that you learned a lot from this article and from my commentary. Um, please check out the article. Uh, once again, it's in the show notes. And thank you all for listening. Um, if you enjoyed the podcast, support it financially. Um, if you support on Subscribestar or Patreon, you can get episodes early and at free and get a bonus episode every week. Um, and a new project that is coming out soon. Um, but if you're listening publicly, you'll, you'll probably know what it is by this point. Um, but yeah, uh, so yeah, you know, so email me. I'd love to hear from my listeners. So contact me on social media. All that's in the links. I'd love to hear from you all. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful day. Peace.